Hi, everyone. Welcome to our sixth episode of our Lunch and Learn with Lions. My name is Amanda, and I am the 2020 and 2021 president for the Ryerson Campus Lions Club. So I've been a lion for the past three years now, and RCLC is one of the many thousands of lion clubs across the world. So in fact, Lions Club International is home to over 1.4 million members who are dedicated to serving their communities and the world. So lions are rolling up their sleeves and working to help five of the world's most critical causes, diabetes, hunger, vision, childhood cancer, and the environment. Our motto is simple, which is we serve, and we've been serving since 1917. Today, I'll be facilitating to, uh, the Lunch and Learn session. We started this initiative to highlight some of our amazing club members' work and their stories across the A711 district in Ontario, Canada. So in today's session, we have a special guest, Lion Rick Evans. So everyone, please welcome Lion Rick Evans. And I guess to start us off, why don't you just introduce yourself to our audience? Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, my name's uh, Rick Evans. I've been a, a lion for, well, I'm coming up on my 10th anniversary now. Um, I've been around lions most of my life. My father was a, was a lion as well. Um, so I kind of grew up around it and helping put up chairs and tables and all that stuff for various events when I was, when I was in my teens and what have you. But um, I started as a lion actually in uh, a different district. I was with the Newmarket Lions Club. And um, when I moved uh, to Caledon, I transferred my membership to the Nobleton Club. So I've been with them for six years now. Um, I've held quite a few different positions. Actually, I think there's been one year um, my first year as a lion, I was not a member of an executive in a club. Other than that, I've, I've been on an executive uh, every year. So um, I've done, uh, you know, the lion tamer, tail twister, uh, club director, um, assistant uh, treasurer for a number of years in, uh, mm -hmm. in, in Newmarket. I'm serving my second term as uh, club president this year. Mm -hmm. I'm also serving as the zone chair for... Um, for zone 34A. Um, so I've got four clubs. There's there's Nobleton, um, Caledon, Chinkuzi, and Aaron District, which is our westernmost club, I guess, uh, in the in zone 34. Um, and as well, I'm also the uh, marketing communications uh, team chair for the district. So that that role is probably my busiest role of the three that I'm doing this year. Um, been been uh, been a pretty big uh, pretty big chunk of my uh, of my lions uh, my lions work. So that's kind of where I am this year. Next year I am running for like at our com coming uh, convention I'm going to be running for region chair for uh, for region 34. So. I guess for our new listeners, can you explain a little bit more about a zone chair, what they do and what their role is like? And I am actually also running for a zone chair. It's my first time running. So I'd love to hear, I guess, your tips and tricks and being a successful zone chair. Right. So one of the, one of the misconceptions, if you will, is that the clubs report to the zone and the zone reports to the region and the region reports to the district and the district reports to the multiple district. It's the other way around. So the district is there to serve the club and serve the members, okay? So it's very important that a zone chair is a resource for those clubs and for those members. 
Um, a lot of people, when they, you know, for their meeting, they hear, oh, the zone chair is coming. It's, oh, no, you know, we got to get our ducks in a row. Well, it, not really. That zone chair is there to help the clubs. So it's very important that you, you're as a zone chair, that you're in touch with your clubs. Um, you have a, a, a good rapport with them. Um, they're not, um, you know, it's, it's not really a, a, a management <laughs> type of thing, if you will. Um, you're just really a liaison. Um, and you're there to support them and give them advice. You know, you as a zone chair are intimate with the, with the cabinet um, in the zone. So you know who all of the chair people are for, say, uh, childhood cancer, for, you know, the different, the different um, uh, committees and what have you that we have. So when a club has a question about those things, you're, you're able to provide them the resources they need. So, um, yeah, that's really what a zone chair does. And then with a region chair, it sounds like you've got more responsibility as a region chair, but really what the region chair is doing is making sure that their zone chairs are doing what they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to do. So the zone chair does the heavy lifting. The region chair makes sure the zone chairs are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. They have, they have things that they need to do as well, but really for the most part, that's kind of how it, how it works. A lot of districts don't even have region chairs. Yeah. Okay. They bypass that level. Huh. So. Okay. In our region, a seven or in our district, a seven 11, how many zone chairs are there and how many region chairs are there? Um, I think it's, um, it's six or it's eight regions and each region, so basically what you have is the way it usually works is you have your clubs and then a zone is typically somewhere between four and eight clubs. Mm -hmm. And then a region is two zones. Okay. Okay. So a region can be somewhere between eight and 16 clubs is usually how it works. I think we have, I think we have eight regions in our district. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's a very big district, that's for sure. Um, it's 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 populous. So a district is usually twelve hundred and fifty members, is what the target is. Mm -hmm. um, they don't want to really see it too much below that. So just as an example, A sixteen, which is to the northeast of us, they're down to around a thousand members right now, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the district directly to the north of us, and I'm going to mess up what number that is i think it's a 12 is down to like 800 so they're actually looking at redistricting because a 711 we've added a lot of clubs mm -hmm. and members in this last year or two so we're up i think we're around 1500 yeah so, so they're looking at redistricting a little bit mm, so but geographically we're not huge but because of the density of the area mm -hmm. yeah Okay, interesting. And I guess I want to touch a little bit more on um, being president. So serving your second term, what, what have you learned um, from being president for, for the first time? And then what I guess you're going to bring into the game as serving your second term? Um, even though I have, I mean, I'm, I'm a 10 year lion. And in a lot of especially in smaller clubs, lions may become president a lot quicker than that. But through my experience, I was a little bit humbled in my first year because I kind of, I'm a confident guy and, and I thought I knew exactly what I needed to do and how to do it. Mm 
So I still learned some things going along the way. Um, but I do firmly believe that it's best to do a two-year term because you're going to spend several months figuring it out. Yeah. Okay. How to really do it effectively. Um, and by the time you're starting your second year, you already know. And I'll say the same thing with being a zone chair. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute, but um, yeah, with the president's role, I would have to say to me, the key things are make sure you're running effective meetings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have control, make sure you've got an agenda um, and, and keep to the agenda, but keep, keep the meeting flowing. It's real easy to head off in 20 different directions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, most members that leave clubs leave clubs because the meetings are boring or they're not effective. Mm-hmm. So very important that you do that. And also keep in touch with your members as far, because you're going to have certain members want to do certain things and lions means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you have to keep in touch with that. I think is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely agree. This is this coming, I guess, July, this will be my second term being a president for Ryerson Campus Lions Club. And the first year has been such a huge learning curve, like figuring out, like, I guess, as a president, you are creating the agenda, and you're really mapping out and providing the support to your members, but also figuring out where do you want to take this club. And like the first couple of months, I would tell you was very, it was really big of a struggle. But it was also, it was a huge opportunity to be in a position where you say like, this is where I want to go. And like, how can I also support my members in in following that vision? So I think the second year, you're really refining your your meetings, the way you do your processes. Um, But the first year was such a huge struggle, but I'm really glad that the district was there to provide that support. And there is so much support within the district and among other clubs, and you can rely on your team members as well. but it's a great opportunity to showcase your leadership skills. And I really see that in Lions Club. Yeah. With presidents, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that presidents are decision makers of the club and they're not. Mm-hmm. You're the CEO, you're the navigator, you, you facilitate. Okay. Um, there's ideas that I've brought to my club that we didn't adopt. Okay. Um, I thought they were wonderful ideas in, in, in some of our administrative things that we were doing, but ultimately the club decided to not go in that direction and that's fine, but you're no, in that respect, you're no different than any other member, but you know, you, you, you're just, you know, really your key things as a president, you're, you're there to make sure the club is acting with it within its ethical responsibilities and, and our, our, um, our constitution and bylaws and, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yes. Just... And, and what I was going to say about the zone chair thing mm-hmm. was if you have designs on moving to that level, the, the most important thing that I found for me, um, I attended all of the previous year's meetings, everything I could get my face in front of, I did. Mm-hmm. So all of the cabinet meetings, any, any training sessions, the um, the um, uh, guiding lion program, any any meeting I could attend, I did. So when I assumed the role of the zone chair, I already knew pretty much all of the players, 
what their roles were. You know, I knew who the the um, Special Olympics chair was. I knew who the GMT was, Global Membership. I shouldn't be using those uh, those acronyms right now because people won't understand the Global Membership leader, the Global Service team leader knew who they were and really kind of knew how things operated already so i could come into the chair much more effectively than a deer in the headlights type of scenario so it it really did help no it definitely helps to be involved beforehand and understand what you're getting yourself into Um, and also like that's a great way to meet with those leaders and have those kind of casual conversations in terms of like, how are you leading? Um, how are you being a zone chair? Like, what are you finding are your struggles? And like, what is something you would do differently? And like being able to learn off of them and just understand, you know, before you assume that role, what can you expect? Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as a zone chair, again, you know, the, the whole support type of, of um, relationship really needs to be really needs to be emphasized because you know it's not like every time I get a call from the zone chair they're looking for dues or or you know looking for reports or something like that mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with calling them and just having a chat and hey guys what's happening yeah. you know and it's great obviously to attend any of their functions and stuff that they're doing as well so that mm-hmm. they get to know you and you're their their go-to person so. yeah it's really nice. Um, I know you had said that as a president, one of the main roles is being a navigator. How have you had to help your team navigate throughout the pandemic? Um, so some members are terrified and haven't left their house since last February. And other members are the exact opposite. They've kind of disregarded the whole thing and they're just operating as normal um i'm not going to get into a debate on which is correct or somewhere in the middle is correct or whatever but you need to have that in mind as a president when you're talking to your club about your projects and stuff that you've legacy projects things you've been doing for years and new projects So the way I've always positioned things in this last year has been, for instance, we did a tree planting in a park in Nobleton Um, is guys, we've scheduled this. We're going to be doing trees, tree planting. Those who are comfortable in participating, we're going to be meeting at eight o'clock, you know, have masks, have gloves, blah, 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 blah. So you have to, you know, respect that everybody has a different, viewpoint on it and you have to still find ways to engage those people that are not comfortable going out and being face to face um you know one of the things we're looking at right now is doing a pen pal and this is actually one of my brand new members member who she's not even a member yet she's in she's been to two meetings she's coming to her third meeting here next week um and she brought that to the table was to be a pen pal for cancer patients so there's something that a person who is housebound if you will is is able to do Mm -hmm. um that type of thing so you you have to you you know you just kind of have to adapt things and be mindful that everybody's um mindset is different definitely um yeah 
you, you don't want to test your members tolerance to COVID as well. Like you have to understand that there's different tolerances that people have and their availability as well, like their commitment, right? Because with the pandemic, it has raised a lot of concerns and other issues that people are dealing with. So they won't be able to commit the same hours that they were in terms of volunteering. Um, and we've really seen that with our team as well. Like we want to get involved, but what is the tolerance of all of our other club members in hosting an in-person event? So a lot of the stuff we've done is virtual. Um, and then also we've become, because we've become a virtual team, um, we've been more open to new ideas because at this point we're navigating new waters together. So we thought like any new idea is honestly, could be a, new, a legacy project perhaps. And it's something that we wanna test and see if we can do in the future remotely in, in the event that you know we don't have to be in person. This is something that we can do ongoing in the future. So that's really, right. it's really nice to hear. Well, and that's where with a club like mine, for instance, I mean, I've got 29 members soon to be, to be 32. Mm -hmm. um, but my demographic is everywhere from 85 to about 30. Wow. So it's a little more difficult when we have that, that age spread. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you don't have that concern, obviously. No. Not too many 85 people running around campus right now. I don't imagine. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> I, I think one of our concerns as a campus club is the high turnover rate. You know, we have students who come in first and second year and then fourth year, they think that Lions Club ends at Ryerson Campus Lions Club, um, but it doesn't, right? Like it, it goes, be, even after you graduate, you can join another club. You can still even stay within a campus club as long as you're under 30. Um, but that's a message we've been trying to spread um, this year even. Like I didn't know until this year, until Lion Sandy had told me that I could still be a part of a campus club or I can even re like join or transfer my membership to another Lions club. So I think it's, it's, it's really um, being able to meet with other Lions club members to understand what else we can do um, and how to still stay involved through the pandemic and still get involved with Lions club. Well, there's a couple of things I'll, I'll mention to that. So you can be an affiliate member as well. Okay, and I was going to do this with Newmarket actually a couple of years ago, because there's some there's some functions that they do that I help them with. When I say help them with, I participate. I mean it's their event, but just as an example, I um, I would call myself an advanced Excel user. Um, for their effective speaking contest, I do all of the tabulation of the scoring and everything. I came up with a, a very nice Excel program where I literally just take the sheet and I punch in the numbers. It tabulates them, ranks them, does the whole thing. And I hit a button and it prints the certificates for me. So I do that for them every year, even though I'm no longer a member there. Mm. I'm also a professional photographer. I have a, a print on demand set up here where I can print. So their, their skate, their, their um, lunch with Santa, I set everything up, do the photographs, print the photograph for them and hand it to them, you know, 30 seconds later yeah. for the families in, in Newmarket that can't afford to go and do that at the mall and, and mm -hmm. those, those types of things. So those are two examples of things that I do with that Newmarket club. Mm -hmm. But the club that you belong to, yes, you're a member there and you're part of the decision-making for that club and you're paying dues to that club, mm -hmm. okay? we're all lions. So if there's another club doing something you want to be part of, there's no reason you can't go and participate in that. This is a club, Newmarket is in a different district and I go and help them out. Mm -hmm. Where I live here in Nobleton 
Okay. Well, I don't live in Nobleton, but my club is Nobleton. Mm -hmm. We have three clubs in the township of King that are all in different districts, mm -hmm. but we work together on things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you're saying, you know, when you, when you leave Ryerson, yet you can still be a member there. Um, you can be an affiliate member of a club as well. You don't, you're not able to vote on things and that type of thing, but you can still be a, an affiliate member at another club. So just because you're a member there at Ryerson doesn't mean you can't do other things. Interesting. That's really yeah. neat. Um, and I think that comes with also being like seeing lines as a family in a sense, we worked really closely with each other. And after like volunteering together and getting to know them, you, you feel like there is a shared bond between certain individuals within the club or just to a, a club as a whole. And I think that's where that comes in and being able to want to volunteer beyond your own club and just support. And it's just like a fun thing to do, honestly. The conventions are a blast. Ah. They really are. <laughs> um, you get to meet so many awesome people at those things and hear the stories and, and all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we had an international convention in Toronto Mm -hmm. I can't remember what year it was exactly, but it wasn't, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, I'm going to say six or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the international convention. So that was everybody you know, from around the world. Yeah. So um, those, those are awesome to attend. We have our district one coming up next month, mm -hmm. um, which is on the 16th, 18th, yeah. I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's going to be done via hop in. So it's a, um, it's a um, virtual convention, but we're actually able to build in a lot more content here than what we would at a physical convention because you go to a physical convention, you sign in, you walk in, you see some people, you, you know, hi, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And you're only physically able to be in one place, you know, <laughs> at a time. So we, and you're limited because the hotel doesn't have 150 meeting rooms that you're going to utilize you've got whatever five okay mm -hmm. however many you're going to use so you can only run x amount of of programs through the course of a weekend where with the virtual using hop in we're able to create we have about 50 sessions so far that we're going to be generating okay and some of it is leo related some of it is lions related so people will be able to go in and what we're doing is, is most of the sessions are going to be pre-recorded and you'll be able to view them on demand. Okay. So if you want to sit there at three o'clock in the morning and watch the event, go right ahead. But what we'll do is at some point through the weekend, the person who created the presentation will be in the session so that they can answer questions for you. Uh, so it's no longer here's four sessions running at four in the afternoon. Which one do I want to go to? You can see them all. And we're going to be recording most of them so they can be viewed afterwards. And again, you'll be able to see the answers to the questions. There's going to be networking. There's going to be sponsors. There's going to be lots of speakers on many different topics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I really strongly urge your members, you know, get everybody registered um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and come. It's going to be, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, to, especially when it's virtual. Um, it's April 16th to 18th. Uh, the link to actually register is in our Instagram bio. So you can definitely check it out. The early bird price is only $20 right now to sign up. 
Um, and yeah, like a lot of networking, a lot of leadership um, workshops um, and just being able to understand more about what we do and who we are. Um, so I, this will be my first convention. So I'm very excited. Um, I don't know what to expect, but I've heard a lot of fun around the hospitality suites as well as learning so much from the workshops. Um, but I mean, I wanna ask what was your first convention like? Just before I, I hop to that and answer that, um, this isn't just for lions too. Guests can come. So people that are thinking about joining can attend as well and, and get a bit of a, a flavor for, for what um, for what things are all about. So my first convention was actually a multiple um, multiple district convention. And it was up in, in um, Halliburton, Ontario. So it wasn't just um, a, a 16, which was the, the district I was in at that time. It was all of the districts in Ontario attending there. So lots of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, at a physical convention like that, you walk in, you register at the table and everybody's running around and they're all wearing those beautiful vests that are behind me. Okay. And, um, that's a convention vest. Uh, so it's, um, it's a little bit different than the service vest that we wear, which is a lighter material. Those are a little fancier, but, um, you know, but there's, you, you meet so many awesome people and there's, um, the actual parade of, ban of banners they all of the clubs are there they come in carrying their banners in the order of um the age of the club so when they were chartered um you know the opening ceremonies um, there's usually a mass induction so any new members that were inducted that year get inducted by a dignitary from from lions international so it, it's pretty cool and then um, usually a business meeting, so a little bit of little bit of work happens there. Um, but yeah, the the Friday night especially is the hospitality suites. You know, have a few beverages and and food and everything else, and and uh, that's you know a lot of the camaraderie is on the Friday night. Um, Saturday mornings a little bit of business, and then and then the workshops and everything through the day. But, you know, again, you're, you're, there's, um, there's a, uh, a major, well, at a physical convention anyways, there's usually a, a major um, uh, dinner, okay, on the Saturday night, um, you know, like a, a formal dinner um, with a, a dignitary speaking and, and what have you. And then Sunday is usually the election. So for the, uh, for the upcoming Lions year. So they're a lot of fun, but we, you'll have vendors there as an example, as you can see on my vest, I've got a bunch of pins on there from 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 different things and some lions have pins from anywhere and everywhere my vest every pin on it is something i've done or something i've participated in so i've kind of kept it kind of that way but there there'll be trading tables where guys will have laid out thousands of pins and you can trade them you can buy them and they'll be from around the world so it's pretty cool that's yeah. so who produces the pins? Like LCI does, right? Lions Club International. Um, the clubs, there's different places that you can get them done, but no, the clubs usually have those made themselves. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole cool community of people. And I think that it's so unique, but it's also like so interesting. It's so interesting because there's so many like niche little things and traditions that Lions Clubs does. Like the, the yeah. parade of banners, for example. I think that's really unique and really cool yeah. to see in person if you know, you get to hold your banner and walk with a crowd of people um, based on your, your chartered. I think that would be really cool to see. Yeah. 
what I've done with, with some of the pins on my vest, um, I might get a little emotional here, um, are pins from some of my mentors um, that were lions. So um, my father won and another gentleman who's a very good friend uh, who was in a band, I've got a guitar pin on my, on my vest. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it's a, it's a testimonial to those people. So mm -hmm. great lions. Mm -hmm. Great lions. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. What are you looking forward to the most um, with this be this convention being virtual? Um, I think a lot of the, the districts are, are doing conventions, but they're, we're, I think we're doing ours a little bit more than what a lot of them are. Like we're, we're using hop in, we're going to, we're going to put on a pretty good performance here, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping it's going to be very successful, but um, mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping we're going to kind of set the standard on, on how to do a, a virtual convention or in a virtual event like this. Mm -hmm. um, the thing, you know, COVID has been, has been a pain and it's forced us to change how we're doing service. But it's also been a bit of a blessing in disguise in some ways. For instance, we're sitting here right now. Geographically, where are you? I'm located in downtown Markham. Toronto. Markham. You're yeah. in Markham right now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm up in the very north corner of Caledon. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure where, where Daniel is, but you know, we're able to put on on Friday nights these or Saturday nights these training sessions where we're pulling mm -hmm. 80 people together from across the district. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that every Saturday for six or eight weeks here. We've been doing it. Yeah. You'd never be able to do that physically. Yeah. You got to rent a hall. You got to have the, you know, coffee and all that jazz. And yeah. it's just, it's a lot. Okay. Where with this, we can hop on this call and an hour from now, we could be sitting with our feet up watching television in our own home. We haven't used any gas. We haven't, mm -hmm. you know, any of that type of thing. So mm -hmm. in that respect, this has been, has been a, been a blessing. And I think, to a certain extent, we're going to have the same thing with the convention. Yeah. Um, people are still able to interact with lots of people. And um, mm -hmm. so yeah. it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it will be. And, and to reach that audience as well. I think this year our club has reached a lot more people and it has gained a lot more interest just because everyone is on social media now. And, and, and it's so easy to hop on a Zoom call and sit in, in this meeting and just listen. Um, and peruse the other options that you know other Lions clubs have to offer but I think this year I've met more Lions than I have in my past two years um, it, it's crazy just because you know like I have attended those Saturdays meetings and most times like if I had to drive out and I don't drive I, I wouldn't be able to make that meeting um, but to be able to just hop on a call and listen to retention or listen about the convention um, it's it's so accessible and I think for newer lines it's a great opportunity that they can leverage because it is virtual and it's so accessible now um, but again you get that in-person spirit and kind of um that kind of the kind of energy you get when you attend an in-person meeting I think a lot of people miss that yes I do miss it definitely um mm -hmm. you know it, it, my own club I mean love those guys but you know <laughs> I haven't seen so many of them mm -hmm. in in so long it's it, it is it's it's difficult mm -hmm. it's no you know they're your family they really are um 
but yes, since I started attending the district stuff, you know, cabinet meetings and became mm -hmm. his own chair, the number of lions that I now know has, has exploded. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I went from, you know, 30 in Newmarket and 30 in Nobleton to easily in the hundreds now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of people that I know on a first name basis. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to touch a little bit more on your role as a marketing communications chair. Um, I guess, what does this role entail and what do you do? Well, the marketing communications chair role is new. Hmm. Um, it was in place last Lions year, um, okay. very much in its infancy. Um, and this year as well, we we're still kind of formulating what it is. Um, and next year, it's probably going to be a little bit different again. So just a, a little bit of history on that. Um, you have your you have your um, district membership chair, and you have your member, your service chair, and your leadership chair. So membership chairs, obviously, you know, adding clubs, growing clubs, making sure members are happy, service chair, what are we doing? You know, um, projects, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Leadership chair, training people, making sure they understand, you know, um, be prepared for the, for the roles and that kind of thing. And developing people, bringing them along from member to treasurer to president to zone chair, region chair, district governor. So it's always been kind of viewed as a three-legged stool. And the conception of the marketing communications chair was to add a fourth leg to that stool. Okay. So, and really what it was initially set up as was to um, not, it's, it's the marketing communications team, not the marketing and communications team. So the original, the original inception was not that we create marketing materials Okay, such as your background with your logo and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was more that when the clubs have that stuff, we would help them get it out there. Website, okay, um, Facebook, all of those kinds of things. Give them the assistance they need to get their message out. I think that's morphing. I think we're going to move the role, move that team more to an actual marketing assistance. Okay. okay, so be able to actually produce flyers and those kinds of things mm -hmm. um, to help clubs promote their events. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we've been doing a lot of is helping clubs that are not using things like Facebook and Twitter and their and websites. Not every club has a website. Mm -hmm. So um, helping them get those things set up and, and navigate them. We did you know, quite a few training sessions this year to help with that stuff. So that's kind of the, the role of it. The other things under the marketing communications team um, is our, our historian, Lion Ray, who I know you had that type. I'm not sure if it was the first one of these that you did, mm -hmm. but um, so he falls in within that envelope. Um, and uh, also the directory, the district directory. So we, we produce that for, uh, for all the clubs. So we sell the advertising for it compile it all which has all of the the officers and the and the club president secretary uh treasurer names and all of that stuff so we do that as well 
but it's it's still kind of evolving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really good. And does does this team also help out with sending out those email blasts? Um, no, that's actually the secretary, uh-huh. the secretary and the and the assistant secretary that does that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting. I know, like at in the coming year, my plan is to get more new lines involved. And we have a lot of students who are very tech savvy and enjoy social media marketing and all that stuff for this sort of fun stuff. So I'm looking to bring them on to help out with the district and help out with these things. Like even like simple as um, coming up with ideas on what kind of content they wanna share on Instagram or on Facebook or um, making sure that they they do keep track of, like I say, the pictures and they do have the history of what their clubs have been doing. Um, it's more, it's an easier way to get new lines involved if they actually see on social media or they see on their website that they are, you know, they are like planting a tree, for example, or they are writing those letters um, to see that visually rather than seeing just words. Um, but being able to bring in the students, I think is really important. And that's, it's something that is not that time consuming as well. But being able to support someone in building content and building something from the ground up, I think is really exciting. And that's that's why I really want to get involved with the district because there's so much to do and they just need the manpower to do it. Um, and I think that's where the students' roles is to really help out. Right. And I know with MCT, definitely going to be be um, looking for help with that, especially in the, in the coming year. Now we're up to our eyeballs with doing this convention thing. So in the short term, probably not going to happen. But but after we get past convention, yeah, we would certainly be be uh, more than happy to uh, mm-hmm. to um, have some assistance with uh, with those things. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, I know we're slowly starting to wrap up. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover today? Um, just one other thing I'll touch on, and and that's I, we touched we talked a little bit about different clubs do different things and and different um, different projects, and and don't limit yourself to that. Yeah. But the other thing I just wanted to touch on is a lot of people don't realize that your club doesn't just operate within, you know, your campus. Yeah. Okay. There's other, there's other things that we do as lions, just as an example, the dues that are paid that there's, there's district dues. There's now, I'm not sure if the campus clubs are, are any different, but I assume there's still a, a international component to your dues. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we don't just serve locally, we serve regionally, we serve globally. Mm-hmm. So a portion of the dues that we pay goes towards um, our international um, things that we do, LCIF. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's around the world. So when there's floods, when there's earthquakes and those kinds of things, Lions is on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're there. So but to me personally, and, and again, these are things that you can do. I know coming up here shortly, up at um, Dorset, Ontario is Camp Dorset. Mm-hmm. And that is a camp for dialysis patients. So real quickly, what, what that camp is, is a, is a collection of cabins. And a dialysis patient needs to have access to a dialysis machine on a pretty regular basis. So mm-hmm. what Camp Dorset is, is there for families can go there and enjoy a week or two weeks or whatever play in the lake and do whatever they they want to do and when their family member needs their dialysis they walk up the hill to the cabin and they get their treatment while the rest of the family's in the water Mm 
so they can spend two weeks there or whatever. Um, but coming up here in a few weeks is the Camp Dorset cleanup day. So, you know, you can go up there and help them whatever, um, clean up, clean the cabins, or maybe they need a little bit of minor repairs, or, you know, maybe they need to rebuild something major. Those are some of the kinds of things as well at the multiple district level that people can do. Um, there's Camp Dorset, there's, there's Camp Kirk, which is a, a, in Kirkfield, Ontario, which is a multiple district project. It's a camp for autistic and special needs children. Um, a club can actually sponsor one of those cabins. So you now sponsor the cabin. If it needs a new water heater, your club is putting that water heater in there. If it needs a new roof, your club is putting the roof on. So me personally, I love those multiple district projects. To me personally, that's what being a lion is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, hugely satisfying. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you just make sure that your, your members understand that it's not just a little box you're in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and where can um, our members find these opportunities? You know, like we always hear of them, but how do they actually get involved? Um, the multiple district stuff, I mean, really, and here's something else as a president that we didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of emails as a president. Yep. And the secretaries do this as well. And you have to make sure, and myself, when I first became a president, I caught myself and I, no, I can't do that. You can't filter stuff. Mm -hmm. It's got to get to your club and get to your members so that they see it. Yeah. Even if it's somebody comes to you for a request for something that's totally bizarre. Yeah. That's not the president or the secretary's decision. It mm -hmm. has to go to the club and then they look at it and say, no, we are not supporting that, whatever it may be. Same type of thing. So usually there is emails that do come to the treasurers and presidents announcing those cleanup days and that kind of thing from the multiple district level. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that should still be getting to the, to the members or at least discussed at your meetings mm -hmm. so that they know about it. That's very true. Yeah. It, we get if they're looking for more information about those things. There's a in our club directory, which there is an electronic version of on our district website. You can go in there and look and find. And I, I believe it's uh, Lion Ed Bosker right now. But you can find the person who is the um, the camp director, like the person, the, the committee, I should say the camp yeah. committee person for the year. And ask those ask them those questions and, and they would let you know mm -hmm. so. that's a good point but um as always always reach out um if you want to look for more information you can go to the a711 lions.org that's a really great website to see what the district is up to um figure out who are the leaders for the different clubs and who's the chair and who's what committees there are um but yeah again a711 lions.org is a great resource um to see what everyone is up to and it's not just lions club it's our whole district um and yeah and then, and then everyone there's, um i'll just pull it up here and make sure i get it right there is um our multiple district is mm -hmm mdalions.org so that's mm -hmm. our multiple district so a711 is one of the districts in that multiple district yeah, yeah and then of course there is 
the main website for lions is lionsclubs.org. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tons of information there. Yeah. Yep. If you want to check out what's going on, you can visit this website and also the MDA Lions and also Lions Club International. But yet again, the A711 District Convention is now open for registration. They can definitely check out um, April 16th to 18th. Great opportunity to meet new Lions and get involved. And yeah, come out and attend and just see what Lions Club is all about. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps up everything. I, I've learned so much about how to navigate as a president and support others and also see what else we can get involved in beyond Lions, uh, beyond Ryerson Campus Lions Club. But there's so much to get involved in at a district level and also multiple district level. But thank you again, Rick Evans, for coming out. You're quite welcome. I'll just quickly mention there's also the A711 Lions um, group on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. which there's there's always lots of information there too yeah so yeah. but no it's my pleasure uh speaking with you this evening thank you very much thank you so much everyone have a good night and we'll see you at our next lunch and learn